This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Have your Bibles. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, this being Jesus, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us this morning as we uh, tackle this little passage. I pray, God, that not only would we hear what you're saying, but Lord, help us to put into action what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, not only corporately, uh, but individually, and not only individually, but corporately. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us uh, this morning to, to hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us put aside all those things that are trying to crowd our minds right now, the things that have to happen this afternoon or this week or what happened last week. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us to just be in the moment to what the Holy Spirit is saying through this passage. Lord, we say thank you again for all those who are home, who are sick. I'm getting texts to pray for me. Uh, they're homesick. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd be with them. But Lord, I pray also those who are at home would be listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to each one of them. And Lord, again, not only individually, but corporately. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, uh, I'm off, off topic, uh, sermon topic. We've been talking about questions uh, that the church should answer. And so today is not the continuation of that. Today is really just a, a reminder about uh, what is going on this week uh, to have a, an attitude of thanksgiving. There are two things that we need to tackle as a church that we have yet to do, but it'll probably now happen in January. And one is the Bible and slavery. And so that we did not really talk about, we did talk about it in a small group, but not in our large gathering on Sunday morning. And the other one is science and God. Has science killed off God? And what's the Bible Christian response to that? And we'll probably address those sometime in January uh, because Christmas is right upon us and, and that's, uh, you know, we go into the sermon series about Christmas. Anyway, my sermon message is be the one, not the nine. You probably know the story really well, uh, but I want to challenge us to be the one and not the nine. So now this week is really a time that we talk about gratitude and being thankful, and I want to encourage us to be the one and not the nine. And let's say that together. Be the one and not the nine. Remember that. Be the one, not the nine. Be that one. It's important as we talk about giving thanks and how it relates to our relationship with God. Many a times, if not every time, God has always met us in our greatest need. I remember times in our family where we had great need and we 
go onto our, onto our knees, and, and the Lord met us there. The Lord met me in times of vulnerability, times he gave me compassion and grace, mercy and love. He, he showed gentleness and support. And no matter the, the situation I was in, the, no matter the posture of brokenness, he was always there. That's why I love that song, He's Never Failed Me Yet. He's never failed to be with me, in, even in my times of brokenness. We read in Scripture about Elijah and how God ambushed him with tenderness and de- while he was uh, depressed. Uh, Lord, and we know that he was with Zacchaeus. Uh, Lord, we, we know as we read that he was with Thomas. Even though Thomas was a doubter, Jesus still met him and blessed him with his presence. Talk about Peter. Peter, we, we could read all these epic failures and sins, but Jesus was ready to restore him. And one of the things that I want to challenge myself and you this morning, that when you are served by God with such uh, tenderness and mercy and compassion, you would think that being grateful and thankful, it would just naturally come. But sadly, too often, it doesn't happen. And that's what we're going to explore in in the story that I asked you to read in the beginning. Why are we not, and again, I don't want to project onto you what I deal with at times, but I have a feeling that maybe you're not too different than myself, that why are we not more grateful to God when he meets us repeatedly at our point of greatest needs? So let's read Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and he was going into a village, and 10 men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance. And they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except the foreigner, this foreigner? I'm reading the NIV. And then he said to him, rise and go, for your faith has made you well. It is interesting that he, at the end they throw in that where he was from, and, and that's a whole different storyline a message and, and, and passage that we could go to, but, but it is interesting. I just want to bring it to your attention. But no, none of the nine, the nine did not come back to give glory to God, except the one outsider. I think that's what it's implying. All of them were probably of Jewish heritage, but the one, the Samaritan, is the one that came back. He says in verse, at the end, he says, go your way, your faith has healed you and saved you. So let's look at that a little bit more detail. But it is interesting. Some of you may know a lot about leprosy. Some of you may not. I did not know a lot. I just know that it was something you did not really want to get. Uh, From what I uh, read here is that it's the oldest recorded disease and probably 
the oldest throughout history. It is the most dreaded. It's incredibly contagious, and the results are nightmarish. If you've ever seen it, and I have seen it only online, people have clawed hands, missing fingers, missing noses, ulcerated feet, paralyzed thumbs, blindness, uh, almost every conceivable orthopedic defect nightmare. And for years, the doctors thought uh, they couldn't figure out what is it that really made leprosy leprosy. But it wasn't until this doctor, Dr. Paul Brand, began his work with leprosy patients in India that the truth became more uh, understandable of what, the, what is this thing. And it was horrible. It said this, that people with leprosy lose their self sense of pain. People with leprosy lose their sense of pain. Not only was it a flesh-devouring fungus, it was, that's what it originally we thought it to be, but it's a, it's, an, it's a disease that attacks the nerve cell. And it's incredibly devastating. And so when you lose your sense of pain, you begin to lose and misuse your body. Especially those parts that were most depended upon, like your nose and your fingers and your toes and your feet. And how would this work? Well, let's just say you had a wooden handle hammer and you use it and you got a splinter in your finger. And many of us have done that, you know, for those of us who work with wood. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jeremy's like, Pastor, you work with wood? It's like, yes, I do. Um, but I've gotten splinters. But if you had leprosy, what would happen is your nerves would be dead and you would not know you had a splinter. And that little thing, next thing you know, will become a big infected thing and they don't know it. And all of a sudden, you're losing fingers and you're losing thumbs uh, because they lost a sense of pain. Maybe another person, and uh, as you know, many of you know have had some knee issues but can you imagine if I did not know that my knee hurt and I didn't use a brace when I needed to or didn't walk carefully or, or use crutches, uh, I would just act as though my knee was fine. But because I had no pain, I literally was making my knee worse. And that is not a good thing. So the loss of the sense of pain made the, the, these people misuse their bodies. So a sprained ankle which is not too serious, can become an incredibly serious problem when you can't feel anything. And next thing you know, you're damaging your ankle and your foot and, and losing blood supply and all that. There are people that lose their eyes because their eyelid, they, they don't know that they aren't blinking. And so their eyes will, you know, they won't blink and their eyes will stay open to the elements and there's no lubrication. And next thing you know that the eye begins to uh, die for just uh, lack of moisture. And so next thing you know, the, because of the lack of the ability to feel pain, the person becomes blind. Now the lepers, because of their disease, they knew that they needed to stay away. They were, in, in a lot of ways, outcasts. They were forbidden to live with others. They were not allowed to interact uh, except with other lepers, and that's why they had these leper colonies. But can you imagine what it would be like? Not only are you physically in pain, but don't know it, but there's the emotional part. 
And those emotional parts, I can imagine, I'm just imagining here, was just as detrimental. They were outcasts. And all of a sudden, they come across Jesus. Now, it's funny that the lepers say, hey, Jesus, please heal me. They said, have mercy on me. And Jesus, what did he do? He didn't just answer their prayer. He went beyond that and began, and he chose to heal them. He healed all 10 of them, but only one said thanks. So that's why the title is Be the One and Not the Nine. Why did they not come back even though they were healed? And I will tell you this, and let me encourage you, uh, if you don't remember anything else I'm saying, maybe you're thinking right now, did I, do I thaw the turkey out now or is it too late? Maybe your mind is in that realm right now. But please listen to what I'm about to tell you, is gratitude is a choice. It's a choice. It's something you have to choose to do. It doesn't automatically come. The 10 were completely healed, so they got their prayers answered, but as the story that Jesus tells, only one of them chose to be grateful. Gratitude is really a choice. It's not something we just automatically extend. Gratitude is a choice. For those of you who have children, you know that's the case. What's really tragic is that maybe you're thankful for the, the new toy that you got at Christmas and you thank your parents, which is a good thing, but really, the person we should thank really the most is God. We're going to see this in a second. We have the capacity, and this is, I think, a slide here. We have the capacity to believe God for a miracle and simultaneously not be grateful. It's amazing. It's a condition that I sometimes fall prey to. We have the capacity to believe God and believe for a miracle, yet simultaneously not be grateful to God. Most of us are Christians here. I don't want to just assume everybody's a Christian here. But let me just tell you this, that having faith in God is not the same as being grateful to God. And what is interesting is we read this story, these people have faith. They had faith. They believed what Jesus said. They were lepers. Jesus says, now go show yourself to the priest, which means they had leprosy at the moment, but by faith they had to take that journey. They know what that journey meant. They know that you have, in order to be cleansed officially, the priest would have to tell you that you're cleansed. So by faith they began to walk towards wherever the priest was. So by the time they got to the priest, they were healed. The leprosy was gone. And so Jesus tells them, go tell the priest, go to the priest in faith that you will be healed by the time you get there. And they started on their journey. But only one came back. And the other nine went on with their lives. Only one had faith in and gratitude. How can nine lepers 
not be grateful? How can they respond in such a way? Why didn't they show more gratitude? Let's think about it. It's the same reason I don't, or maybe you don't. When was the last time you said, thank you, Jesus, for clean water this morning? I didn't until, you know, while well, I was preparing for the message, yes, but there are many weeks I've gone by with drinking water, and I never, never really taken the time to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for providing clean water. Yes, I went to uh, the faucet. Uh, yes, the city, uh, you know, properly uh, does what it does with the water. But I, somehow I forget to, to thank God for the water that we drink. Um, I think of this a lot, maybe because I've been in third world countries, but I do thank the Lord for proper sewage disposal. When I look at a picture of a massive city, one of the things that's like, where do they get the water? And where does the waste go? And um, I learned real quickly, not everybody treats their waste. I was in a part of Nicaragua, and these, uh, there's an, a beautiful lake that has a, a, a volcano blew up, and it created these little islands in this massive lake, and some uh, these little rocks that got blown off the, the volcano are big enough to house mansions. There's some mansions out there. Uh, and then the next rock, you know, 200 yards away is, is you know, a hut, someone very poor, and they, they just lived on the lake. Anyway, one thing they didn't realize until afterwards, because I got sick, is they were getting water from the lake and then using their waste right back into the lake. There was no central water or essential sewage, they just, and then when I recognized it after I'd gone swimming for about an hour, I could see this wastewater just flowing right into the lake. But when's the last time I said, thank you, Lord, for proper sewage disposal, uh, for the roof over our head? I know I've been told to say thanks to my parents for providing a roof over my head, but when's the last time I thank God for clean water? proper sewage disposal, roof over our heads. Uh, I know it's, to be honest, we live in an amazing time in history. I've shared something similar to this sermon today, but I remember of that old video of a comedian talking about how uh, spoiled we are because we're complaining that we're 33,000 feet in the air flying from Los Angeles to New York in an air condition in a seat. And somehow we have the capacity to complain. And we're literally sitting back flying. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. A hundred years ago, there was no way this was happening. But I find myself complaining. I travel on the plane a lot, and I think I recently said I hate flying. But I just really just want to say thank you for God, because we live in this amazing part of the world, in, a, in an amazing time in history. But yet we struggle with gratefulness. We serve an amazing God, but we aren't really grateful to him. And one of the challenges I realize is that I've fallen prey to thinking, the, one of the reasons I think this happens is I've fallen prey to thinking that everything I have, I earned. Everything I have, I've earned. Everything I have has been self-generated. You know, so uh, the car I have outside is because the, you know, I paid for it. 
That's how I think sometimes. Uh, the house I live in is because I paid for it. It's the job I have. And I recognize as I, as I really think about it that I have fallen prey to this kind of thinking, that my gifts that the Lord has given me are self-generated. Some of you are incredibly smart, and some of you might fall prey to think, well, that's because I studied a lot. And it may be true, you studied a lot, but there's something else you have to remember. You have to remember Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17. It says this, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives the ability to produce wealth. And that was a slap in the face to me, thinking that somehow the reason I got here was because I picked up myself from my bootstraps and I did it. But God reminds us in Deuteronomy, remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It's not just stuff, but it's life, everything in it. Everything you have, you value, or everything you value is a God thing. It's a God thing. But the Bible says that every good and perfect gift is from above, the Lord. So look around your life, and you look around your life, and you realize, hey, everything I have of value is a God thing. It's a God thing. Many of us are gonna go home in our cars with gas in it. We're gonna go home to our air-conditioned house, and we're gonna have food this afternoon. That is a God thing. Did you see the sunrise? That is a God thing. Or I wrote here just for John Mark, partial lunar eclipse. That is a God thing. Did you have a moment where you lol this week? That is a God thing. Were you able to open your eyes and see? That's a God thing. Some people have lost the ability to taste due to COVID. But if you can taste, take a bite and taste, that is a God thing. Thank God. If you can hear music, it's a God thing. Not everybody can hear. If you can touch something and feel it, that's a God thing. You know that we take 23,000 breaths every single day. Each one is a gift, right? Can you imagine? And there are people that have struggled with taking breath. Every breath is a gift. It's a God thing. Because you didn't make yourself breathe. God gave it to you. So what I'm challenging myself and you is that we have to have the right attitude. Because you remember I said that gratitude is a choice. It doesn't just naturally. We have been so blessed you would think that we would just be naturally the most grateful people. But we're not. We're very much like the nine. But I'm challenging you and me, don't be the nine. Be the one, not the nine. 
Now, what happened to that one that came back? Jesus said, were not ten healed? Where are, where are the other nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except the outsider? Then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has healed you and saved you. And that's really important. There's an there's a awesome difference between not only has your faith healed you, but saved you. Healed and saved. He received the gift of God's goodness of healing, and the saving part is relationship. I believe there's something, and I, I can't, it's not, it's not a mathematical equation, because we don't do that here at Mosaic Church, okay? So we don't play that game, like if you do this, this, and you're going to get blessed. However, I believe there's a correlation between gratefulness and relationship. Grateful, gratefulness and relationship. Physical healing and spiritual healing. Physical body restored, soul restored. In one moment, you're not only free of leprosy, but you also are free from the bondage of, of, of being distant from God. A dead life to a life that is now alive because he was healed and he came back and he was grateful. So um, in conclusion, which really doesn't mean anything, who is the most grateful person in your family? Just point to them. Just kidding. Don't do that. I pray that this Thanksgiving weekend week that uh, we would all up our capacity to be grateful. Now, I want to pick on someone who I consider one of the most grateful people I know. These persons, uh, and I don't want to embarrass this person, and this person doesn't even know I'm going to say this. And this person is pretty humble thinking, well, it's not me, okay? If you're thinking, well, you might say something about me, it's, it's not. This person does not own his own home. Does not have a vehicle. Not even a bicycle. It's highly educated, college graduate. No nearby family. Doesn't own a kitchen. It's a borrow kitchen. Does not have many earthly goods. But what he does have is Jesus. And because I get to intermingle with this person daily, an incredible deep gratitude for God, his brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you guys thinking who I'm thinking about? I don't mean to get choked up, but that's pretty cool that you think the same thing. He's also one of the most joyful people I know. And probably he's still not thinking who it is. It's so amazing. I've never really heard him complain and because of what I just mentioned, the things he doesn't have. Now, I have heard him complain, but it's usually about a physical ailment that he's asking God to heal. 
He's one of the most pleasant people to be around. And I find myself wishing I could be more like this person. You know who it is? This person doesn't even know who it is, even right now. But it's Enrique. <laughs> He's shocked. He, yeah, he's, he just, literally, I said his name, and he was like, what? Enrique, you uh, epitomize in our church what it means to be grateful and joyful. Constantly, I hear him being thankful to God. Lord, help me. Help me to be like that. So I'm asking you this Thanksgiving, Joanne's going to come up in the band, as we spread our tables with turkey and dressing, Waldorf salad. That was for my mom. Let's remind ourselves to be thankful. I took, it's okay to be thankful for stuff, but remember, let's be thankful and grateful to God most of all. I believe there's a correlation between, between being grateful and relationship with God. But let's not forget to be thankful to God the most. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and kindness. And your patience towards us. Lord, we um, who live here in this part of the world, we have so much to be grateful for as far as earthly goods. But Lord, it's other parts of the world that we need to learn from. The church below the equator in third world countries, Lord, that somehow they've, they've mastered that spirit of joy and gratefulness that we lack, that I lack. Lord, help us this week, not only this week, but for the rest of our lives, to be grateful and thankful people. Lord, thank you for your spirit that comes to not only uh, convict us, but empower us to do the will of the Father. And Lord, I know that it's your desire for us to be grateful, full of faith and grateful people. Lord, help us to be the one and not the nine. In Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to finish our time with this song. And uh... We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.